we eliminated fraud from agreements because the invoice itself goes out only from the agreement and uh, we decreased the error. So you can't get an invoice for a different company. Um, as a client, you can't send the invoice to a to the wrong email. All these things are secured in, in uh, Anchor and, and happens automatically and actually give you an, a, a notice if, if something is wrong. So it decreases the amount of investment of time, money, complexity, uh, while decreasing the, the errors and fraud and, and everything else. Hello and welcome back to another episode of InCheck with Fintech. Today we are joined by Lom Lakowitz, co-founder and CEO at Anchor, as well as a certified CPA, attorney and CFO. Anchor connects businesses and their clients through a live online agreement. It completely automates the billing process, ensuring that every business is paid on time and effortlessly. The company is Rapid's first investment and has recently announced a $15 million seed round led by Rapid Ventures. So I say without further ado, Rom, uh, welcome to uh, InCheck with Fintech today. Thank you, Roger. Uh, thank you for having me. Excited to be uh, talking to you today. Yeah, likewise. Great to uh, to have you. Uh, we obviously been speaking for a, a couple of times now, um, but um, I'm sure that there's people out there who don't know you just yet. Uh, hopefully, this podcast will help with that. But <laughs> would you mind by starting by uh, giving a bit of an introduction on yourself? Yeah, of course. So uh, I'm Ram, um, Israeli by by birth. Uh, lived in the U.S. for a few years. Uh, father of three. Happily married. Um, and uh, entrepreneur uh, by heart from a very early stage. Uh, in the past 10 years, founded a few companies here in Israel, um, had executive roles in, in corporate companies, uh, sold a company, and uh, took a company public uh, to the London Stock Exchange. Uh, in the past uh, few years, I've been working on Anchor, which we're going to talk about, trying to actually combine all the experience um, both in the financial and the payments world, I was a CFO and a COO and a legal advisor and, and, and ran operations for big companies. And um, in the management side, uh, building a company, um, helping people grow and, and, and seeing, uh, um, you know, building a company. Makes sense. Have you then, because indeed you founded different companies and they're all in different industries. So now it's FinTech, but you also founded a company in cybersecurity, I think, um, as well as in several others. Have the kind of ways of building a business or the best practices that you followed always been the same? Or do you feel that they're different across the uh, industries? So the industries don't really um, change anything in building a company. Uh, in my opinion, what matters is your experience. So from every company that I go through and I meet more uh, uh, cases with employees and with partnerships and, and growing a company and all the challenges, I'm more experienced to go to the, my next challenge with my next company. What would you say then is the main, is there, is there one kind of lesson that you've learned maybe early on or maybe throughout your kind of entrepreneurial career um, that has been the most valuable to you now founding uh, Anchor? So, uh, you know, everybody says that, but it's, it's all about the people. It's all about the culture, um, working together as a team with one direct and focused goal. Um, which everybody uh, gets attached to emotionally um, in order to solve a problem and and improve people's lives. You need a clear vision kind of that people walk, uh, buy into. Yeah. Because now you founded Anchor back in 2019. 
Um, you guys recently announced, I think last December, you got 15 million in, in seed funding. Um, curious to talk a bit more about that as well as what your plans are and whatnot, but maybe first, Anchor, what do you guys do exactly? So we were, um, we, we signed, or yeah, we signed 2019 that there is uh, a lot of challenges in payments, a lot of friction, a lot of cost, administration costs. And uh, a lot of tools that are used, and errors, and fraud, and and a lot of friction, and that someone something's wrong. And we started to investigate what the issues are, and and what the challenges are, and how we can solve them. And um, as we as we kept on looking at the market and different sizes of companies and different sizes of and, and different uh, industries, sorry, we understood that the the problem is actually us uh, as humans right because when there there is no friction in payment uh, to netflix or to zoom or monday or, or or gmail and when we investigated a little bit a little bit more we understood that at the end of the day for b2b payments there're always around some kind of an agreement which is up to date always in a paper format. So it doesn't matter if it's a physical paper or a doco sign or a PDF, it's it's some kind of, of, um, of a format that only speaks human language. And, um, and once that agreement only speaks human language, then a human has to read it and try to translate it, translate it to different things that need to happen. If it's billing, if it's collection, if it's changes, if it's services that has to be done, and um, and 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 that works. And all the ways that you see today that it are trying to automate this is actually, um, you know, OCR technologies and RPA and AI and machine learning and algorithms and a lot of things that are trying to translate that human language agreement actually to a computer language, so things will be able to automate it. And then we came up with a solution, um, which is Anchor, which will be the anchor between our customers and their clients where they're actually writing an agreement which speaks both human language, so the people can understand, but by definition, also computer language. And then everything is automated from there. So you can decide what you want to build and what the payment terms are and what's early payment and last payment. And if the payment is, is automatic or manual or how everything goes, but you define it on the agreement stage. You don't only talk about the legal uh, side of it, like you did, like you did today. And once that agreement is is signed, it actually becomes an online and it's live agreement. You can change it, you can amend it, you can add charges, decrease charges, change the services, and you have all the flexibility to actually manage this relationship without sending new agreements and new changes and trying to remember what's happening um, um, and what you need to build because things you've done weren't part of the of the uh, agreement. And and by that we you know you can actually solve um, and decrease the friction in payments and in building and collection for actually for both sides, but we actually were able to do this while decreasing the amount of errors. We eliminated fraud from agreements because the invoice itself goes out only from the agreement, and uh, we decreased the errors. So you can't get an invoice for a different company um, as a client. You can send. Um, to uh, the, the invoice to uh, to the wrong email. All these things are secured in in uh, Anchor and, and happens automatically and actually give you an, uh, a notice if if something is wrong. So it decreases the amount of investment of time, money, complexity, uh, while decreasing the the errors and fraud and, and everything else. You automate then the 
uh, B2B payment processes by digitizing the agreement. Is that is that the right way to put it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. I can relate. Um, <laughs> Shorter than how I put it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's it's more for myself to to understand it because I think it's a very interesting proposition. But how does this came about? Is it because indeed in your previous business that you founded, you saw that this was definitely an issue, and you figured, okay, why is there no solution uh, that that solves this problem? Yeah, so actually in, in 2013, I had a consultancy uh, firm and I, I loved what I was doing. Um, the challenge as a small business was always, or as a big business, is always, you know, attaining more and more companies. Um, so it wasn't my biggest challenge, but but the thing that I hated most at the end of the day was billing, collecting, um, ca- calling my customers that were supposed to pay and, and trying to figure out that that always adds friction to the relationship where, where you want to give great value, but you also need them to keep their side of the agreement. Um, it didn't work. And, and I was looking for solutions um, uh, in the beginning from the market. And then I tried to solve it myself. But back in 2013, no open banking, no APIs, you know, it, these things weren't, weren't live yet. Uh, so I couldn't really find a way. And then after founding uh, uh, Omnix and, and being part of the foundation of, of uh, Fireglass, the cyber security and, and another company, in another company, I've, I've seen um, you know, the technology move forward, the idea, the challenge, the problem never uh, escaped my head. So I kept looking for a solution. And, uh, and once all stars aligned and uh, I was out of a job, I could uh, look again and, and, uh, and start uh, Anchor. I mean, I can definitely relate to it. I see it happening here and being a small, medium-sized business ourselves where indeed you do the sale uh, and you're happy, but then the actually admin start, uh, admin side yeah. start, uh, of things starts. You might've gotten the invoice details before, but things might've changed. Then by the time the invoice goes out, it turns out that the email address is incorrect or it should be allocated to a different person. But of course the uh, client is not gonna let you know before the payment terms have actually ended. So there's an even more delay on the on the payment terms. So that has an impact on the cash flow. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, I can definitely relate to that. And, and it's amazing that, that you know, it's 2022. Okay, it's 2022 and a lot of crazy things are happening in the world right now, <laughs> but it's 2022. <laughs> now I feel like, but, but it's 2022 and, and um, still most of the payments to small businesses around the world are being paid late. And these businesses are suffering their, they're they're closing down. They're they're closing shop just because of that late payments. And and when you investigate why late payments happens, it's actually just what you said. It's a ta- you're you're giving a task to your client to uh, verify the invoice to make sure that it's right. If if it is if it was received and the billing didn't do a mistake, and then go into the bank account and make there are too many tasks. And then it it's always on the top of the of the pile for the payer. But it's something they don't get to. They have to do their business. They have to yeah, keep going. And only when you're sending notices and making sure that they do it and call them, then they 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 do it because they have a task. With Anchor, they don't have that task. They know it's automatic. They know that it, they can control it. They receive an email with what's going to happen and they can uh, cancel, pay late. They can do whatever they want. But the, the vendor itself, you would be able to see where the payment is at, what the issue is at, and 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 relate to that. Yeah. Why did no one do this before? No, just, That's uh, a, 2022. Yeah, uh, is it that, technology? That, is it open banking? Is it regulation? Uh, what is so, it that caused that? Yeah, so so it's a lot of things. You know, so, so the subscription um, model started 
pretty much with Salesforce in, in the 90s. Online shopping started in the 90s. So it's, you know, it's 30 years from, uh, uh, from today. Uh, e-commerce has become a big thing. People adapted technology. You know, Venmo started in 20, 2012. It took them a few years to add their first 100 um, clients to uh, add the payment details in their phone. Today, I don't know if there is a, and someone in the US that doesn't have his payment details on the phone. People pay with their phone. The technology moved forward. The trust of, of humanity in technology moved forward. And, and then that with, with uh, APIs and open banking and the option to really move funds and digitize everything came uh, in the last three, four years and really got a, a good push forward from, uh, from COVID. Is this subscription specific then? I hear I pick up on the subscription part. Is this specifically for subscription-based businesses or no, can no, this also be for, all right, okay. For every type of business, we have um, um, product businesses as our clients, um, uh, service providers with service providers with retainer uh, uh, type of uh, relationships, uh, service providers with uh, digital goods like valuations or CPAs with tech reports. We have all types and it's actually one of the best things here is that it's com completely flexible for the vendor to decide how he wants to work with his client. He needs his client to uh, agree to the terms just like he, he needs with you know DocuSign and everything else. And from there, we automate and, and protect both sides. It's a huge market, right? I read somewhere that it's a market of 120, 000, $120 trillion. Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a huge probably. market. That is insane. Um, what is the most difficult part? Is it the payments part? Is it the accounting part? Is it digitizing the agreement? What is the most difficult part to do of the value chain? The most difficult part in the product or in building a company? Because in building a company, the answer is um, you know, very easy. It's building a team. Um, it's building a management team that can scale as the company scales. It's bringing the right employees. It's building the culture. That's that's the most um, difficult thing in in building a company. In the product, um, I'll tell you the truth: the pain is so big for our clients that from the beginning, um, where we looked for, you know, like every other company in, in ideation mode for the early adopters. Everybody has that pain. Um, the sales calls are very quick. Uh, it starts with a question, are we asking how the billing works for them? And then, you know, just like you did, rent out that client that didn't pay on time and how much time there is and how many mistakes and errors and, and revenue leakage they have. And um, so, so that's an easy part. The hardest part in our product is to make it as flexible as possible for our clients, but still leaving the product uh, simple because every every vendor tried to solve this solution with internal processes which are different and um, and we need to accommodate all of them at at some point and um, you know prioritizing which which kind of of flow we're we're servicing now and and servicing next and and taking care of all those different uh, unhappy flows we call them here in anchor um, is is uh, is not easy. No, I can imagine indeed, yeah. Especially with also with maybe all the agreements that will look different across different businesses and being in different industries, uh, that yeah. will have a huge impact as well on the way that the product uh, looks and, and operates, I can imagine. Yeah, so it's uh, that's, that's uh, 
that's the, the most difficult thing in, in our product. Uh, but we, we, it's not, a, at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. We just need to build it. And, um, and as we build it and we serve more and more type of clients, then more and more type of clients uh, can come into our uh, network. Exactly. Yeah, because you started with the company in 2019. You got the first funding of 15 or receipt funding of 15 million last uh, December. So that's about two years of, of building an MVP. I can imagine maybe build, start to build a, a small team, maybe put in some of your own money. Um, and then you got Rapid Ventures uh, involved. Um, Rapid Ventures known from the payments company Rapid. Yeah. Um, who also have their own venture arm. How, how did that came about? Did that, how did that partner, partnership came about in terms of how did you know Rapid uh, and why did they start to invest in you guys? All right. So um, that's actually a great, a great question for, for Eric, um, the uh, founder and CEO of, uh, of Rapid, but I'll try to answer um, <laughs> for him. Uh, it, in 2019, just an anecdote, just as an anecdote, in 2019, when we started, we, um, I, I was, I was alone and I, I, I looked at the payment industry and it took me a long time to decide to first to understand the problem and to decide how we're going to solve it. So that ideation, because I was after a couple of companies and I didn't rush into it. And, you know, as a, as a second time, third time founder, um, you look for a, an idea that, you know, you can check the boxes in your tra- uh, checklist that you believe in because you already understand that it's all about execution, and and you know that the game we're playing is not just getting venture backed and seeing if this is if this can work, but really trying to build a, a big company from the beginning. It has it has advantages and it has disadvantages, but but um in the long term it's it's uh it's right. Uh, we raised our pre-seed round from Entrental Capital um, at the end of uh, of uh, 2020, and uh, one of uh, one of these uh, investors, uh, Tal Capital, was actually an investor uh, in Rapid, so he made the introduction. And uh, a few months uh, after the the pre-seed investment, we already had uh, a few come a few uh, um, customers. You've, you, we knew to how to explain what we're doing better, and you can see and talk to our customers on how it solves their issues and what they're doing now. Um, I was introduced to uh, Arik uh, from Tal Ventures from Eyal, which is an uh, <laughs> amazing investor. I don't know if you'll put that in or not, but but, <laughs> uh, but, but really an amazing investor and, and, a, and a great person, which I uh, truly respect. And uh, and Eric uh, is uh, both. Uh, an amazing entrepreneur and uh, really knows fintech and payments. And uh, he got it in the first minutes that I started to talk. Uh, he just uh, explained to me, listen, your Shopify has done that for e-commerce. E-commerce is this and that size. I don't, I don't remember. You're doing it for the B2B market, which is 80 times bigger. I'm in. And uh, from there, yeah, it's it's a it's a no-brainer once you understand what we're doing and you understand how the market works and you've been there, you know, with your own business, uh, sending invoices and um, and and realizing that pain. I could definitely see uh, why they invested um, in terms of the the product, but. I- uh, I don't know your other co-founders, but obviously looking at you being a uh, having a track record in finding companies, bringing them to the uh, London Stock Exchange, like you said, uh, I think that gives confidence as well for uh, and uh, rapid ventures and for an area. 
Yeah, yeah. So also my two founders, both of my two uh, partners, both of them are uh, third time founders. Both of them had two companies, both the technical side and and uh, and uh, marketing side, Lior and, and Omri. And um, and yeah, and we work well together. And actually one of the best decisions I made was uh, joining up forces with Omri and Lior. And what now? What's the plan? Now you got that, that money in the bank. What are you going to do next? So we're we're building the product, improving the unhappy flows we discussed. Um, started our go to market, working on a few big um, partnerships that will be probably announced um, throughout the year, and uh, and and looking how to solve uh, additional challenges and and a little additional integrations that that uh, will improve our um, customers' lives. What about the um, market or geographies that you serve? Are you serving global customers or is it more focused on Europe specifically or maybe even more regional around Israel or what do you focus on? Um, so almost, we're actually focused on the US um, oh, and, and okay. so, solely on the US. Right now, all our customers are from the US. Um, I hope that by the end of the year, we'll be able to um, to go global and also uh serve the clients here in Israel. We are getting a lot of uh, traction, both from Europe and in Israel for the obvious reasons. And um, and and we, we need to develop a few more uh, parts of the product for that. Why US? Is that because the market is so big or is it because the product is better fit for there? It's easier to integrate, to work on, or why did you choose the US? Um, because the market is 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 big, it's mm. solid, and it's, um and it's, I don't know, it's, the same throughout the, the the country. So if you go to yeah. Europe, you need you have different cultures, different messaging, different languages, different APIs, different integrations. It, it, the go to market is slower. Once you figure out the US, um, where you have everything you need, all types of markets, all types of industries, all types of verticals, and and you and you complete the product, going to Europe is easier. And you know you start with the English speaking. Um, uh, states and and or countries and and go from there. Makes total sense, actually. Yeah. Well, let us let me know once you've landed in uh, in Europe uh, as well, because it it sounds like an interesting proposition, uh, also for a recruitment business such as ours. So we definitely yeah. be. Uh, we, we actually have we actually have a few recruiting businesses, and we learned and we learned um, a few features that they need. As so every industry, so the, the product is eighty percent the same, but for every industry, there are a couple of features. Um, that um, that that they need um, that we need to develop, and then we choose, you know, which industries first. If you're interested, um, uh, I don't know if it will be interesting for the web for the <clears throat> podcast, but you know, hiring companies were looking for the 90, di- 90 days refund button yeah. that the client will have. They want an integration to the sales, so the commission will be automated as well, and the salesperson will be able to see when there was a placement and. And if something changed and what is the price? And then he knows that, you know, he can, he has this transparency between the vendor or between you, the client and the sales rep. Everyone is, is like safe and controlled and the transparency is there. And, and it's just these two things that uh, we were asked to develop. And of course, integrations to, you know, Bullhorn and, and different software that you don't see yeah, somewhere else. Wow, that all sounds very familiar, obviously. <laughs> um, is there an industry then that you serve which you've, is proven to be the most complex, which has the most uh, things that need custom built or uh, need to be uh, adapted or up in the air? So, so, so we started with financial advisors 
Um, we work with bookkeepers and CPAs and tax advisors and consultants and uh, valuation experts, um, which have a lot of, they, they need a lot of flexibility with in terms of changes in the agreement and, and adding charges for expenses. And, and they, they helped us build the product in a, in a specific manner. And as we move to agencies and PR agencies and marketing agencies, uh, we needed to develop a bit more integrations and a bit more uh, flexibility and, um, and, and products that needed a little bit more or different features and hiring uh, different features and, and we'll get to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, indeed. Well, there's industries enough. And like we said, the market is also big enough. So yeah. um, it's, it's definitely a lot of potential for that. Um, a great realm. Well, well, thanks for being on the show. Great to uh, get an introduction into Anchor. Uh, great to learn a bit more about you as well. Um, and thanks for, uh, yeah, for being here. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. It was a great pleasure. And uh, I hope I'll get to see you soon in Amsterdam. <laughs> Likewise. Yes, you're very welcome. Let us know when you're around. Thanks very much. Or or in Israel. Oh, who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm definitely due a trip to, uh, to Israel again. Um, so yeah, I'll let you know when I'm there. Perfect. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of In Check with Fintech. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the like button and leave us a comment below. We'll be having more industry leaders soon, so don't forget to subscribe as well in order to keep updated with the latest episodes of our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'd like to leave you with a more serious message from our partner Free a Girl, who are dedicated to founding child prostitution and impunity all over the world. Hi, I'm Evelyn, CEO and founder of Free a Girl. Every day, two million children, especially girls, are being held captive worldwide. They are locked up and exploited in brothels, dance bars, or online, forced into sexual exploitation. Their freedom is taken away together with their youth, family, and future. We are dedicated to fight sexual exploitation of children by rescuing these girls. Please join us, unlock their freedom and unlock your potential by becoming a business partner. Please visit freeagirl.com for more information. Thank you.